0: Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of ConcealedCarry.com Network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today we'll be talking about best practices for using Zoom in your virtual classes. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering in promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at HiViz Sites. HiViz has the innovative LightWave H3 site that combines Tritium with their light pipe technology HiViz is known for to give you 24 hours a day illumination. Now you can have the advantage of day and night performance all in one site system. The new LightWave H3 ensures fast sight acquisition and a bright sight picture, day or night. Learn more at HiVizSights.com and see what you've been missing. Today, we are joined by instructor and gun shop owner, Matthew Mallory. Welcome, Matthew. Hello there, sir. How are you doing tonight? Uh, Phenomenal. Great. Well, hey, some people might not recognize you from episode 29 when you were on previously. And for those few listeners, I'm sure they haven't listened to all our episodes. Can you give our listeners a little bit of your background on what you teach? Sure. Um,
1: So I've got a a background in the military back in the 90s. Nothing spectacular. Um, Current law enforcement, part-time law enforcement officer in New York State. Do law enforcement training, rifle, pistol, shotgun, defensive tactics, taser, pepper spray, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, uh, teach pretty much 60, over 60 courses from boater ed, driver ed, hunter ed, security guard courses, uh, bail enforcement agent instructor. And then obviously the, the main stuff that a lot of the major instructors teach across the country, NRA, USCCA. So, uh, NRA training counselor, USCCA senior training counselor, have my own pepper spray curriculum coming out with the USCCA this year as well. Um, and then a bunch of other stuff I probably forgot.
0: Well, that's really cool. Well, it's definitely, I think you've got plenty of an instruction experience. That would be very good. And I think this is, uh, this is going to be the third part of our three-part series talking about teaching during the COVID crisis. And I think it might be one of the most important parts because as instructors, we need to make sure that we're engaging our students, not only to comply with national standards, but also make sure they're learning what the information that we're trying to give them uh, gets, gets through to them. It's a little bit different than being in person but at the same time, with all the re- different restrictions going on around the country with COVID, I'm sure many of us have uh, listened and looked into what it would take to do a virtual class. And one of the more popular products we're doing virtual classes is using Zoom. Definitely, a product. Uh,
1: yeah, it's been a uh, it, it's been good. We've been using Zoom for our show Meet the Pressers that we have on YouTube and. Um, and and you kind of inspired us in that sense too to do one of the podcast aspect. We you know we wanted to do the YouTube stuff, but then thought, well, we got a whole other crowd, and we had some people watching the show that thought that it'd be good to listen to it because they drive. So uh, and and we we diddled ditty with different types of software, different things in the very beginning, and uh, actually reached out to to Jacob Paulson, and and he suggested Zoom. So we jumped on that quick, and then bite you know bit the bullet and said we're gonna. We're gonna pay for it, so it's uh, it's not looking back. It's been a year over a year now, and and then when COVID hit, it's kind of like oh well, my whole training company just seized up. <laughs> so I got <laughs> I got to do something to make income. I'm like, well, can I turn any of this to online courses? And I just started pumping them out. I put a page up on my website and figured which courses I could teach online quickly and easily. Added them, added some dates to it, so it really wasn't too hard to to make that transition because the platform was already there being Zoom and mm-hmm. uh, and the rest is history. And I actually reached out to a lot of different companies that, like the NRA and USCCA and then uh, New York State because there's a bunch of New York State certifications that I teach um, as well as some national stuff that I do that's outside of the NRA and USCCA. Uh, just to see if any of them allow or have concessions for online courses. And the major majority of them are no, obviously USCC NRA allow it. And they, they were quick to, to see the writing on the wall with it. Um, So I commend them for that. Definitely. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some of my own personal courses, like I I do an article 35 use of force course. And uh, so that was one of the ones I threw up on the website fast and, and had people signing up for it. And then my three steps behind course that I teach teaches the, how the, the, senses brain to body how that there's a lag in that decision-making process that course i put that up and had had some good success with that as well having students take that
0: mm-hmm. well that's uh, that's neat we, uh, if you can teach a class in person and it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, you know student interaction as far as i'm touching something or demonstrating something to you i think it could be converted over to a virtual class uh, pretty easy what what do you what would you say would be the minimum equipment requirement um in order for an instructor to be, able, to be able to go along and teach a class virtually. I mean, obviously the podcast, I've got a little better microphone here set up, but yeah. um, you, you can get, you know, headsets, and microphone setups for, you know, 20, 30 bucks, which is, you know, drop in the bucket if you're teaching, you know, a couple, couple classes.
1: I You know, I would say you could do it from a cell phone. Is that ideal? I would say if you're the instructor and you're teaching the course, that's probably not the best way to do it. Um, you know, I use, uh, when I, when I teach the courses, I do it here in this, in my studio that we record the show on. So it's the same, same setup that I record meet the pressers with. Um, I think having a, if you have a laptop or whatever computer you're going to use, Mac or whatever, I know at least with windows, uh, wind blows. <laughs> <you> gotta, <laughs> uh, I usually, before we record, I'll close everything out. I'll do a fresh reboot on it. So I have a fresh memory on, on the computer. And then I don't open up anything, especially one thing that, that, You'll, every once in a while, if you listen to a show, you'll hear a, a noise in the background. So make sure you silence all your browser tabs. Uh, if you close your browser out, then you don't have to worry about that. If you have that the Zoom app installed, the Zoom software um, uh, program installed on the computer, then that runs independently of a browser, which is definitely something I would suggest because then if your browser crashes, you don't lose the whole show or the whole class. Um and then uh, and I try not to open anything, or if I do, I make sure I turn the sound off for that. But just keeping in mind that the more things you have open, I've got, I think, 32 gigs of RAM on my laptop, um, and that even bogs down some because I got a ton of tabs open on my browser. I have usually two browsers running at the same time, um, Word, Word, PowerPoint, mm-hmm. Adobe, you know, Outlook, all that stuff's running. It takes up resources and can cause a lag. Um, another thing that could cause a lag is using Wi-Fi. I would highly suggest hardwiring your laptop to directly to a hardwire. Um, if it, you don't want to sit there and teach a class and then find out that in the middle of the class that nobody can
0: hear you or it's choppy or whatever. it sounding like Mr. Roboto, you know? Exactly. At, 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 yep. You know, so, some, something like that. Yeah. And, and for, as an instructor, the
1: instructor does, you don't want that. You need, you need to make sure I, in good conscience, can't say that I, that that person was able to attend the class um, and listen and hear everything, and didn't miss a beat. If I'm Mr. Roboto, right? Um, but that also goes to the students. I, I give, I send an email out to the students ahead of time, prior to the class, way in advance of the class, giving them the link, telling them, you know, basically confirming that they've signed up for the course off the website, and then I tell them, you know, try to be in a quiet room, try to make sure you don't have distractions. You're in a course, just like. Just like you would be in person, um, we're just using a technology means between the two of us or between us. Um, you know, if you can be in a room that's quiet and not so echoey, that'd be great. Good lighting, but it's not as important as the internet connection. The internet connection has to mm-hmm. be good, and Wi-Fi just doesn't cut it. I mean, Wi-Fi—you could be sitting right next to your router, and you're, you're still going to have some sort of you know bleeps and blops and jumps and skips and. You know, and for a student that's not as bad. For the instructor, that's 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 just bad. That's that's like going to a class to teach a class in person and being in your Walmart clothes, your pajamas, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, and that's where the instructors got has gotta be on the top of his game to so the students, even if they have a little bit of internet lag, they uh, they still have, you know, the best possible course yep. uh, that you can provide. You know, and that's something that you could say too. instructors could say to their to their students when
1: they get on there, say right up front, like if anybody's on Wi-Fi and it cuts out or if you feel like if you think you missed something or if I'm choppy because of your your connection you know, I emphasize that because mine's hardwired. It's not me. Um, then let me know. I'll repeat it just like you would in a class. But mm-hmm. then also, just like in a class, you're going to want to look at the students' faces to see if they're raising their hand or if they're, you know, they got that look on their face, like, what did he just say? So that way you can stop and you can read their expression and turn around and repeat something or ask them, oh, hey, you look like you have a question, Joe. Um, would you like me to repeat
0: that? Did you hear me? You know, what's up? Yeah, having uh, the microphone connection as well as, uh, you know, good video connection is extremely important so that they can go along and you, you can read their expressions as well as go along and hear the questions coming yeah. through. Another uh, way kind of around, um, you still want to have those two, but know how to utilize the chat uh portion of the application because that's where one of those to where if somebody doesn't want to interrupt you or you're in the middle of watching a video or whatever's going on, they can send something to you real quick to say, Hey, you know, you know, I I want to go over this when, when the video is done. Yep, definitely. And it's, it's a
1: lot, it's a little, it's, it's a lot to manage because you've got the chat, you've got the gallery view, you've got the instructor view. If you're sharing a screen, then you got to do that. Um, So there's a lot going on there. So to help with that, doing multiple screens. So I, what I'll do is I'll have, I have two computer screens. I have my laptop um, where I can do research. I can pull things up. I have the PowerPoint up and then on the other screen is where I actually have the, the images of everybody. So I can see everybody on that screen. And then if I need to share, I can share my laptop screen that has the PowerPoint on it. So then that way I can still see their face on one screen and I can see the PowerPoint that I'm talking about on the other screen. And mm-hmm. they, you, can, you, people, you know, instructors can play around with that. They can put it on other, you know, they, you have to play with it, see what the best configuration for you is. But for me, even for the show, that's how I do it. I'll have the my, my cameras in the middle of my big screen where I have everybody's collage of all the people that are on the show. And then on my left screen is where I'll do research or I'll have other things, browsers, open email. If I need to email during the show to, to another guest that's coming on next, because sometimes we'll... we'll a lot of times we'll record back to back, um, but anyway, kind of getting off off track yeah. there a little.
0: Well, and I, what I would tell instructors too, if they haven't used Zoom before, you can go and download Zoom for free, definitely, and, and, and you know, and play around with you and somebody else. It's free for two people,
1: and, and you and know, learn what? all these things. It, right free for two people 1499 for a hundred up to a hundred participants and that's one host so keep mm-hmm. that in mind if you want to have multiple instructors or you want to have multiple people run the run the class then you, you're gonna it's 14.99 per per host um, good point on that too when you said to get on there and play around with it why not instructor get an account free account and then talk to a relative in another state Mm-hmm. Hop on there, and then you can play with it with a relative while you're visually hanging out with them, right? While you're visually visiting with them and you're mm-hmm. being COVID compliant.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. You got that, that you know social, phys- physical distance, as uh, Clint calls it, right? Physical distancing? Yes. Yep. Yep, because a couple of things that you're going to want to make sure you do, um, you know, from a security standpoint is you want to put make passwords for your uh, meetings, and that just that just a lot makes sure that somebody can't guess your number and then pop in on your class and do something inappropriate,
1: yeah, you know, and i I probably should be doing that. I don't, and I don't do that for the show, and now that everybody knows somebody might pop in on us, <laughs> but I just never have because I just the one thing I didn't want to do is have somebody not know the password or forget what the password is or whatever. But then I guess if they're getting the link, then they're getting the password with it.
0: Yeah, it's all built into it. Yeah. So if they click the
1: link, then it takes them to the show and they just logs them right in. But one thing that I I didn't do before that I'm starting to do now, which I'm realizing I should have done in the beginning because it was a little backwards, but our waiting rooms. I know we talked mm-hmm. about that before. Um, I, we didn't do waiting rooms before because we didn't want anybody sitting around waiting in a waiting room. But we have a specific order on our show that we do where we want everybody to be populated on the screen the right way. And in the past, what we do is we'd hop in there because I really didn't think of doing it as a waiting room. Um, so le- learning mistake, right. Um, we'd have them come in and then we like, Oh, you know, Clint's running late. Any chance you can like log out. So Clint can log in and then you can log in after. So then we'd basically have, <laughs> we only had to do that with a couple of people because Clint, Clint and I usually get on there in enough time, but that's irrelevant. That's not, Mm -hmm. the instructor aspect. But waiting rooms in this case would be perfect. Now, the only negative that I have seen and experienced myself with waiting rooms is you have to be on top of it. If you have a waiting room set up and you have multiple people coming in and waves, then if you start the class and then somebody comes late, well, now they're in a waiting room. And if you don't look, they're going to be sitting in a waiting room, waiting and missing the class.
0: Well, or you got to tell them what the policy is. I mean, if mm-hmm. like here in Ohio, we've got a strict time limit. on You have to be in class. So if you right. are late to it, um, you know, by a certain amount, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to uh, attend the class no matter how much you plead because we'd be breaking the law by doing that. And mm-hmm. that's, that's where people need to know that up front versus it sounds like in your case where, you know, if they're 15, 20 minutes late, they could still join. They're, they just missed out on that little bit of information.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's probably a good thing to have. I don't have that issue. I've never had that issue with with any of the classes. I just know other Zoom sessions that I've been a part of. Um, I've seen that a lot where somebody has a waiting room and we get in there and then they're like, Oh, I got to check the waiting room. And then they look, Oh, we got people waiting. Hang on. Let me let them in. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had the issue personally with letting people in because all the classes that I did, everybody's early. I tell them in the email, I sent them, I say, make sure you're early. Um, and they know from my in-person classes that if, you know, if they're late, then they might as well just not come. (laughs) <laughs> and if they don't tell me they're going to be um not able to come then they don't get a refund so I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm pretty stern about that once you sign up and you pay for it you show up you you've paid for a seat you know it's it's i printed a certificate i put my time and effort into it i, I cap classes at a certain amount especially now with covid yeah. so if i if i cap the class and they take that seat well that means that's lost revenue for me and also lost seat for somebody else that could have actually gotten into the class because almost all my classes are
0: are uh, capped out because they're just full. Yeah. A couple other things I would suggest the instructors learn how to do properly is how to go along mute uh, and unmute people. Yes. yes. Because um, there will be somebody in your class and you mm-hmm. start hearing the kids in the background or you'll hear the dog barking in the background. Mm-hmm. And just like you and me are talking, you know people can be talking simultaneously and you yep. want to be able to mute that one person and you know what i do in front of it before my classes start is i actually go along and introduce them a little bit to the interface so they understand that hey mm. you, you might you may be muted but this is how you unmute yourself so you can ask a question and that's <laughs> that's worked out uh, very well because once people uh-huh. have that comfort level then you can mute them and you don't have to listen to the dog or the kids screaming in the background or you know, what? What other what other kind of embarrassing things might be said in the background that you don't want everybody else to be <laughs> hearing at the same time? I just seen a,
1: a um, TikTok video where the ladies started to talk and her kid in the background swears. I need help with this effing whatever, and she just stops and like dead. She's like, "Oh my goodness, total embarrassment." But it was it was hilarious. Hanging around with grandma too much is what the caption said. Yep. Um, so the the mute the mic that, that's an awesome idea. What I I tell them. Right off the get go. So that's one thing I add to it as far as that, you know, mute your mic, unless you have to say something, you can unmute it at that point. Um, so I want everybody's mic muted because I'm the only one that's talking, right? It's like raising mm-hmm. your hand. I, I look at it as like, oh, if you're sitting in class and you have a question, you raise your hand. So, and you should be quiet and you can't control everything in the background. So, and I, I put it that way. I say, it, you know, if you have noise that's going to be any kind of noise at all, if you're going to cough, if you're, you know, if you've got a sneeze or if there's other noises in the background that you can't control, then your best bet just mute your mic uh, and then unmute it when you want to ask a question. And you know you can feel free to you know Matt, can I ask a question? Because I, I take pauses. That's another thing. I'll take pauses, breaths to try to let people ask questions, give them the opportunity to, mm-hmm. to to say something. So that's a, a instructor tidbit there. Try not to just keep talking, talking, and talking, and not let the other person get any words yeah. in. Otherwise,
0: Here, here's something that I just thought about. And uh, you and I do not have this problem because behind us <clears throat> there is pretty much you know no nothing else. Um, so that. People can't walk, but I know there's been a few times when I've been on other conference calls using Zoom, and if they've got the camera pointed in the wrong direction, you constantly see people walking back and forth to the kitchen or mm-hmm. pointing toward the bathroom. You know, you see you have people going, you know, walking in and out of the bathroom. Now you're not seeing anything you shouldn't be. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, do you really want to see all that? And and that's one of the things where I just uh, jotted down a note that make sure the cameras pointed in a uh, good direction. That is. Um, not point you know it's not pointing the kitchen or a bathroom or something or here's another one pointed at a window because it may not yeah, sound lighting. um uh you know like big problem but if you if they've got sunshine behind them yeah. you may you may not be able to see them at all because they'll be washed out mm-hmm. but if they close the curtains that might work or if they just rearrange it on the desk a little bit pointing a different direction then you can see their face and like you were talking about we can go along get a lot from from their face and and realize what they're you know what's making sense to them and what not making sense to them. Yeah, it's important to be able to to see them just as much as you can hear them, for sure. Yep, ex- exactly.
1: As far as the recording, um, when you record them, usually what, for our show, we'll record right off the get go because there's some organic stuff that's just funny as hell, and, and you mm-hmm. want to you want to get that. You don't want to miss that content. So right off the get go, we'll say, "Hey, we're recording." If, you know, and if there's if there's anything that we need to cut, we can cut. For the class, I do the same thing right off right off the start. I'll start recording. Um, and I'll tell them, I'll say, hey, just everybody know." And they see it. The students will see that it's re- it says recording. It says yep. on the screen. They might miss it. But if you verbally tell them too, hey, just everybody knows I'm recording, right? It's kind of like you call into that customer service center and they're like, yeah, we're recording this call for quality assurance purposes, that mm-hmm. whole kind of thing. Um, you know, I think that letting them know that that's something that's probably not a bad idea. But once again, I mean, what are you recording it for? Huh? We're not going to release anything that's that's detrimental to to them, right? I mean, you're recording it. As a student, or for you're recording the class of your students, so you can use that for either professional development for yourself or to chop it up for marketing and advertising or, or whatnot. Um, so you want the good stuff out of it. If anything bad gets recorded, you're probably not going to, I would hope nobody would use that in a nefarious way.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I know we record our. Uh, classes that we're doing because one of the things that it allows us to do if anybody ever come back and it's like well you know somebody was only in class for three or four hours and we've got a six hour limit for our concealed carry class we can say well right here you can sit here and play six you know six plus hours worth of video and see exactly you know what went on who said what those those types of things that's an excellent
1: point too and if you take that and you move forward with that and say what about court right you mm-hmm. have a, you have a curriculum that you teach and if you get called into court, you're gonna have to show the curriculum to prove that you and I'm, I'm dealing with this now with a, a student that shot his girlfriend uh, in the head and killed her and he's, he's bringing up oh you know I was oh you know I, it was this, it was that he's trying to blame on everybody but himself being negligent um, even though he was a Na- Navy officer so he was trained before me in firearms but mm-hmm. you know of course. Um, so using that video in court, right i mean you could say well, well no this is what, exactly what we taught see this person you know shaking his head he understood you know i'm he's negligent because <laughs> yep. he understood it he's shaking his head to yeah don't point the gun at a, uh, don't put your finger on the trigger or whatever so that yep. that it can also help you there too so it's twofold
0: yeah and and today's like litigious uh, society um, you never know when somebody's going to come back and yes. you know see you for any number of things and having a, a recording that uh, you can show exactly what they were doing, what you were doing, um, might just come in real handy. I always refer to the the
1: lawsuits that are out there
0: because people are
1: like, "Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm within the law. I can defend myself." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, well, somebody sued somebody for somebody sued McDonald's for hot coffee being spilt on them. You know, back when there was no such thing as iced coffee. I mean, you buy coffee, you expect it to be hot, and then you're going to sue somebody and get mm-hmm. money." So anybody sues anybody for anything back then, even to this day, even more so this day.
0: Yeah, well, if, there, if there's a lawyer around, they can f- figure out some reason to uh, sue you now, yeah. how successful they will be. Will all be dependent upon the courts, and that's uh, true. And that's a big gamble, you know. And sometimes it doesn't.
1: Even, I know we're getting off track here, but sometimes it doesn't even matter if they win it. I mean, you know, you look at George Zimmerman's case, that case right there. Mm-hmm. You know, she she took that district attorney took the case because she was running for election. It was a political thing for her. She didn't care if she wanted or lost it. She just wanted that that case to be
0: her crowning glory to get reelected. Yep, the name out there in their media all the time, and yep. and yep. you know George, you know, cost him what two and a half million dollars, I think. To be Lots found innocent, mm-hmm. so yeah. yep. So a couple other
1: points that I made, a couple other notes that I made that I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, treat it as if it's a it's a normal course where you've got students sitting in front of you right? Use props. Make sure you show your face. Try not to do death by PowerPoint. That, that That's not what you want to do with a Zoom meeting. It, you're going to be kind of feeling like that's the case. And you're going to want to just, I think I did my very first class I did after COVID kicked off um, online. I did the PowerPoint the whole time and I got done. I'm like, that just didn't feel, you know, it just didn't feel right. So everyone after that, I basically had my face up there and and you can see the gallery. So there's different ways you can arrange it for them to see and ask them, ask them that. Say, okay, what do you guys see on your screen right now? Just to make sure, especially in the beginning, just to make sure you understand what they're seeing to make sure they're seeing what you want them to see.
0: Yeah, because uh, computers is going to look different than a tablet, going to yep. be looking at, than a smartphone. Yep. And, you know, if that's all they have is a smartphone, you know, the the old, you know, Apple i9 or something yeah. with a 3-inch screen on it, you may have to <laughs> adjust a little bit for it versus, you know, if they've got a new, yeah. what is it, the iPhone X, you know, with the 5-inch screen on it, 6-inch, some, something huge it seems like. Hmm. Got to carry a holster around for it. the
1: uh and that makes a good point maybe put and i I haven't done this but maybe i will put this put it in there so you know you're please uh, the bigger the screen the better so that you can see things in full detail um not required maybe but the bigger the better because then you'll have you'll be able to see it in the best details and if you put in the concept like do you want to teach a class with a 32 inch monitor 20 people or would it be better to have like a forty-two or a sixty-five inch TV that, that are people can see better, right? And be able to see it a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Always think about how it looks to the uh, to the student on on the other end, and uh, you know adjust appropriately. One thing that's um,
1: that was a little bit of a trick or a little bit of a, a, a Achilles' heel, getting the audio to play on the other end. Mm-hmm. There, there is a, a, a selection in there. It can be done. It um, takes a little bit of tr- finding it and digging around for it. Um, but I know in the beginning, I, I didn't know I couldn't find it. And I had to use my mic and stick my, my microphone in my earpiece my to, for them to hear it. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way than this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's com- uh, play computer audio. Um, yep. I can't when, when,
0: you, when you share the screen, you can uh, select yep. the play computer audio. but it's like two uh, or
1: three menus down and it's kind of hidden or something so it's there you just got to find it mm -hmm. and that you definitely want to do that because then the students will be able to hear the audio if you're playing videos in your
0: in the class Mm -hmm. yep and with today's uh multimedia generation um even Mm -hmm. if you're doing a powerpoint without uh audio there's probably going to be some videos that you want to show them to reinforce those uh points on it so Definitely. uh, definitely definitely How do you handle breaks normally? You know, I mean, obviously when we're doing it in person, we kind of you know know when people start getting antsy and yep. we need to give them a break. How do you how do you manage it, Matthew? So I, um, the way I do it in person
1: is I'll have it built into the PowerPoint. I'll have the PowerPoint up and then I'll have specific breaks set in there. And then I'll ask you know, in the first break, I'll give them because I'll usually, you know, I could go a little ways and then I have the break. I say, right, everybody take a 10 minute break. And then when I get to the next break, I'll ask them, I'll say, does anybody need a break? And a lot of times that'll cut time out of my course. And they, no, I'm good. If nobody says, well, yeah, I need it. Okay. All right. One person says I need a break then I put everybody on break. Um, in the zoom, PowerPoint, right? I still have the, the break set up in there. So when we come to that screen, I say, okay, everybody take a break. And then I let everybody take the break. Um, but I also let them know if anybody has an emergency or you have to step away, you have to send me a, a, a message and chat message, message, chat message. If you do not send me a chat message and I look up and you're not there, you basically just left without letting me know, and you may not get a certificate. Um, because I'll tell them if you have an emergency and you have to step away, I understand that, but I just need to know where you went. And if you have an emergency and you step away, that might be time for me to take a break. I might say, hey, Joe's got to step away for five minutes, is, you know, kid just jumped off the roof into the pool and he needs to go scold him or whatever. Um, so in a case like that, I'll, I'll take a break. I'll say, all right, everybody take a break, take five minutes, and then they reconvene this. And, and sometimes you have to be kind of, cause now they get up, they go get something to eat. They say hi to the family. So I've had one or two stragglers come back if, a couple minutes later. So um, I learned from that. And now we just say, listen, I want you back in your seat, ready to go at, at this time. And I give them a, a, a time frame, and mm-hmm. I usually try to try to keep it rounded up, rounded down, whatever, just a, a minute or so, just to make sure that it's uh, it's, it's a number they can versus 10 minutes. Well, it's been about it's been about ten minutes. Versus, right? Oh, wow! He said eight. It's eight, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yep. they give them give him a time and a clock versus giving you know just hey, everybody take ten minutes.
0: Yeah, basic classroom management. You give them yep. the times, and the and they come back for that. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Uh, what other suggestions do you have? Uh, best practices for running Zoom virtual training. Well, if we
1: if we look in the uh, the actual setup. Right, the topic. I'll put the topic in of, of the actual class, and then description. I don't. It says optional. I usually don't put the description in there. I usually have a canned description that I'll email to the to the uh, students. Um, when obviously put the, the time, the time or the date and time that it starts. Duration. Uh, put the duration in there so that it shows up in the calendar for that window. Right. If it's a half an hour class, an hour class, two, three, four, six, eight hour class, you want to make sure you select that amount of time. So that way it's showing up correctly in the calendar when you export it, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, You know, recurring meeting, I I haven't done any like that, that there is that option. Um, The uh, passcode, like you talked about the security, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Video, the host and participant video, both on audio i put both and then that way they can use either or i don't want to i think we did one show where we had uh, anthony from uh, gun for hire and he couldn't for whatever reason his computer wasn't working so he was able to do the telephone telephone Mm -hmm. so give them that option so that way if they have an issue with their mic they can still call in and, and be that way haven't had anybody in class do that but um you know Trying to give as many options as possible to, to help uh, mitigate any kind of technology issues.
0: I've had a few guests who uh, did not have good internet connection to where they could, you know, have full stream video. Yep. So, um, you know, they would sit there and do the video and it would be a little choppy, but then they would dial in via the phone. And it has a, di- a slightly different sound to it, but at the same time, it's a lot better sound than if you had the, you know, Roboto kind of uh choppy right. uh, sound co- coming for if they did it through the computer. So it's, it's just an option to make people aware of. Nice.
1: That's, uh, that's, that's smart. Um, meeting options, enable join before host. One thing that I, I tell them, uh, this has actually worked out really well. I'll put in the, once I send them the link for the class, I let them know the link is live now feel free to go in and test all your audio and video prior to the class. So there's no technology issues. And and depending on how far the class is out or even our show, how far out we're recording with the individual, um, we're recording on the 10th of August. And I've got um, you know a bunch of people that have, I weeks ago sent them the link. So they could go in at any time between then and the, the time of the show or, you know, before the class and verify that their stuff works that, that, I felt that's helped a lot and you'll get an email. So I get an email that says, Hey, you've got, um, you know, guests waiting or visitors waiting. And, uh, and I, I okay, great. So-and-so went in now. I kind of know that somebody has been in there, whether it's a guest for the show or whether it's a student for the class, they've gone in there and they've tested their stuff, but under meeting options, you have to choose enable, join before host. Mm -hmm. So then that way it lets them actually go in and test that link and log into the actual, Zoom Zoom meeting that you've
0: created for them. Um, you could do, me- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, one, one of the things I would suggest is that you create a unique meeting code for each meeting you do. Um, that prevents people from jumping in on top of another meeting. Uh, like Ie, if I use the same meeting code for this podcast as I did the last one, if somebody would accidentally press it or want to try to test things out, they could all of a sudden pop up in the middle of this, uh, which wouldn't necessarily be good uh, for it. So you're saying the personal meeting ID,
1: you don't use that, then you use it, uh, generate automatically for the meeting ID. Yep. Yeah. So
0: every, every class has a unique meeting yep. ID. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Because
0: in, your, in your, in your case, um, especially where you're telling people to test it, you mm-hmm. don't want to be you know doing a class at, you know, eight o'clock at night. And all of a sudden have right. next week's students come popping in there and, yep. and popping out. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, one thing that Clint and I have run across, cause we
1: have our own individual Zoom accounts, but together we created one account for the show. So we log into that one. I log into that one for the show to record the show. He logs in with his personal. Well, when he's teaching a class, like he just the um, the one we did the other day, he used our Zoom account because that's the the main account that we're paying for for the show. And then I use my personal account to log into the, as as a guest on or, you know, guest speaker Mm -hmm. on his uh, class. Um, So that's another thing to think of, you know, if you, if you're paying for it, you're paying for one account um, and you might have to kind of play around with it a little bit like that. If there's multiple instructors that are going to help instruct with the class, everybody's going to have to have their own, their own um, zoom access. And then whatever one you're paying for is going to be the one that's going to have the control. Or should yep. have the control yep. um but that, that's a good point as far as generate automatically that's i've always done that i've never done the personal meeting id i've always just je, every single class every single uh show every guest every guest um that we've recorded with uh i've always done generate automatically just because that's the default and
0: i've never really wanted I had to have a situation on. at work during my full-time job where yeah. somebody uh went along and used their uh you know, static meeting ID code and all of a sudden, um, you know, meetings got on top of one another and, and it was a, uh, confused, a meeting in confusion because there were multiple topics, multiple customers, not a good site. So somebody I comes, haven't. somebody comes in and goes,
1: is this the back basket weaving class? Basket no, weaving 101?
0: <laughs> no, this, this is the, the, this is the tree climbing class. I'm like, hmm. wait a minute. I don't, I, I'm not, I, I'm not here for tree climbing. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah. it was one of those. And, and that's and, and that's a good point with uh, setting it up when you set it
1: up, be consistent with it, right? Know, know exactly what buttons you're clicking, what buttons you're checking, mm-hmm. et cetera. So that way, when you set it up, you, you're, you're setting it up the same way every time. That was part of my issue with not using the waiting room. I'm like, ah, I don't need a waiting room. And I just kind of, I never checked it. And then I got thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, we could use the waiting room and that'd be a way to to to. Buffer the way we want people to come into the into the class, which was kind of neat, or come into mm-hmm. the come into our show. That is, I mean,
0: yeah. Although that that works uh, doesn't work if you do the um, allow lot a to lot join the meeting, you know, before host. So that's one of those that you got to play around with. Mm-hmm. So, as we said, try out the options and see how they work, so you understand uh, what'll work for you. Yeah, and then you and then the recording you can do either on the local computer or
1: in the cloud which Mm -hmm. I've always just done local computer. Uh, And then when it's done, once you're done with it and you exit out of the, the, the class, then it'll start to convert and download to your local, local hard drive.
0: Mm -hmm. And save it there and then you can share it.
1: Yeah. And then once they save it, exactly. Then once they save it, then I have the link. And then what I'll do is I'll export it to Excel. I mean, I'm sorry, to uh, Outlook and then I'll send the, that, To everybody, so I'll do a BCC and send that uh, calendar calendar invite out to everybody
0: that um, that needs to to get it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, I think uh, hopefully we've given all the instructors a lot of things to think about and putting on some good quality virtual classes um, in this three part series. Um, Question we've got for you, Matthew. We've asked all our guests this year. But what books are you reading to further your education? Well, I know the book that I
1: probably should be reading more is the Bible, but uh, I know I've uh, I've been doing a lot of reading on New York bills because they seem to be shoving a lot of them down our throat between um, defunding the police and uh, de- ar- disarming the peace officers in New York State. So I've been doing a lot of reading on those too, because I'm uh, getting ready to, once they allow us to i want to set up some meetings down in albany and go down and meet with some politicians and um meet with them face to face about some of these crazy bills that they're coming out with and try to see if i can uh rationalize and make them think twice about some of the stuff that they're
0: starting to enact Mm-hmm. well that's good uh, definitely uh good to stay up, stay up in legislation that's coming down because uh once it's passed, then you've got even a steeper hill to climb up to in order to get them to uh, repeal legislation. Yeah, one of the ones that I um, I went down in Albany last June,
1: they wanted to get the username and password for every social media account you had. If you're applying for a pistol license, you'd have to turn that over for them to vet it before they approved your pistol license.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, by the time I walked out of the uh, out of the uh, Senator Parker's chambers and talking to his uh, his legal his legal aid. It was uh, she said that they were going to take it take that out of the bill. So well, that was good. yeah.
0: Well, shows what can happen if you if you take a little initiative and contact your yeah. uh, representatives. We may uh, make fun of politicians and things like that all the time, but they are the ones that are creating the laws. And if they don't know what our thoughts are, then we can't really necessarily blame them for creating laws that we don't like. Very true. Maybe, Matthew. Where, where can people find more information about you and the classes you're teaching? Sure. So psanded.com,
1: or if uh, that's confusing, it can be public safety and all one word um, as well as uh, on that page. You'll see a link to meet the pressers, our show on YouTube.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. And we'll have those in the show notes as always. So thank you, Matthew, for your time tonight. Thank you, sir. Stay well, that's safe. A, you too. That's a wrap for this episode. We have a few requests. Share this episode through friends on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Encourage others to listen and subscribe. Um, one of the reasons we did this three-part series is to get this information out there. There's too many instructors out there that don't know about how to put on virtual training classes effectively, and we want to help them in put, putting classes on that are effective. If you have any ideas for episodes, questions, or feedback, email us at ftp.concealedcarry.com. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association, at ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Like and rate our podcast, check out the other concealedcarry.com network podcasts also. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Go out and teach a class virtually and help make new gun owners safe out there.
1: Conceal Carry Inc. and concealcarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.